take care and guard against all greed. Today's gospel is a challenging parable on wealth and discipleship. Someone in the crowd calls out to Jesus, Teacher, tell my brother to share the inheritance with me. Jesus is not interested in settling this family dispute. Instead, as he often does in Luke, he issues a warning, take care and guard against all greed, and pivots to a parable about greed and wealth as barriers of discipleship. He begins the parable, there was a rich man whose land produced a bountiful harvest. He asked himself, what shall I do? For I do not have space to store my harvest. This is what I shall do. I shall tear down my barns and build larger ones. There I shall store all of my grain and other goods. And I shall say to myself, now, you have so many good things stored up for many years. At this point, God comes to speak to him and chastises him, informing him that he will die this night. And what good will his full giant barns be then? In God's rebuke, I hear the echoes of my high school catechetics teacher, Sister Anne Julie. Remember, students, there is no luggage rack on a hearse. A life of discipleship cannot be found by seeking wealth. Today's readings draw this out, reminding us, as we heard in the first reading, all things are vanity from the book of Ecclesiastes. Taken together, the two readings emphasize the absurdity of focusing on wealth and inheritance, for we do not find security in these things. Just as he accumulated significant wealth, the rich man learns he will die. Throughout the Christian tradition, this parable has been used to warn against selfishness and a lack of generosity. In response to great wealth, the rich man is self-centered. For St. John Chrysostom, there is nothing more wretched than such an attitude. In truth, he took down his barns, for the safe barns are not walls, but the stomachs of the poor. Chrysostom sees wealth and poverty as connected. The parable itself challenges traditional positive notions of wealth. Unlike the parable of the unjust steward or the rich man and Lazarus, notes Zimbabwean scholar Henry Mugabe, there is no dishonesty connected with his actions. Rather, the surprising criticism against him is simply that he sought to hold on to more possessions than he needed. The desire for wealth itself is presented as a barrier to one's relationship with God. Luke's parables about money are ultimately parables about discipleship. And as the Gospels make quite clear, discipleship in the kingdom of God requires us to radically rethink our relationship to wealth and material things. The rich fool helps us remember that private property is not absolute. The goods of the earth are never really just mine to do with as I please. Private property always comes with a social mortgage, always exists within a relational context. As the beginning of the parable, the parable notes he is a rich man before the harvest. Therefore, we know he did not harvest all of that grain by himself. In his selfishness, he has forgotten to include his workers in his deliberation. His success is not shared, but extracted from the common good. 
This is an example of the economic exclusion Pope Francis so often decries as the throwaway culture. As we look around the world, are profits shared among all stakeholders? Or the like the rich man, do we simply seek to build bigger barns? In Catholic social teaching, private property is always subordinated to the universal destination of goods. God gave the whole earth to the whole human race for the sustenance of all its members without excluding or favoring anyone. Notes St. John Paul II. The gospel itself points us in this direction, framing the narrative. It is the land that prospers, not the rich man. The land, the bountiful harvest, is for the good of all people, not just the landowner. Thinking about the parable in light of the universal destination of goods reveals that the rich man's selfishness is not merely a failure of generosity, but also a violation of justice. As I write this reflection, the news is full of reports of unsanitary and unsafe conditions in detention facilities holding children separated from their parents by the U.S. government. Women, children, and men fleeing poverty and violence in Central America to our border seeking asylum and safety. Yet some simply respond, they are not our children, pushing off responsibility to care for them as brothers and sisters. If we take seriously the reading from Colossians, that Christ is all and in all, Christ is in these migrants. They are part of the one human family. No one is excluded. For this reason, the universal destination of goods and the preferential option for the poor are inextricably connected. And so we pray with Psalm 90 against the hardening of our hearts so that we all may remember, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven.